0: You're with me. We're in the car studio underneath the moonlight. On tonight's show, we're talking about the Spider-Man reboot, reboot, terribly designed buildings, and of course, the plague of busyness. Thanks for being with us. Let's get into it. Okay, let's hop right into this. Spider-Man is back again and again. Now, if you are as old as I am, you remember the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire and how awful it was. I mean I, I mean full disclosure I mean at the time it was kind of good. It wasn't that bad, but then it just kind of became brutal. By the third one it was over the top and you know like we all remember that iconic kissing scene when he was hanging upside down. It was fine. It was wasn't really good, but it was one of the first Marvel movies I want to say. Right? We all wanted Spider-Man because Spider-Man would would not be Batman and would not be Superman. There was a lot of those that were already done. We wanted Spider-Man. We wanted the CGI. We wanted the fun. And then they, then they decided to reboot it. And I think the second one was with Andy. The name escapes me. Andy something. But he, he was fine too. It had like the Dr. Octopus in there. And that one didn't fly either. And I love that in Hollywood we can just say, "Yeah, let's let's reboot it." You know, like the, those ones sucked. We're gonna do some different ones. They did the same thing with the Hulk. Remember that they rebooted, and then rebooted the reboot, and it worked, right? They finally figured it out, and we forgave them and said, "Hey, this is a nice movie. I'll I'll pay to watch this." And now the Hulk that you see in all the new Avenger movies is that rebooted rebooted Hulk. Well, I guess the same thing is happening with the new Spider-Man, the third time is a charm. Everyone is loving this movie. Now it's not to the same accolades or scale as Wonder Woman, but apparently it's good. It's a teenage love story. It's got humor. It's Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. So I, I intend to see this uh, next week. If you have seen it already, let me know what you think. And let me know if uh, if you believe in rebooting a reboot. I mean, why stop it if it's working, right? My very first time overseas, I went to Europe. I went to university in Milan for about four months and then took the rest of the time with my new wife and we traveled travel around Europe for the rest of it and get to see all the different communities and countries and, and cultures. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And if you've never done this before, I recommend that you try and do it. I mean, one of the things that I thought, you thought was so wild was how old everything was. Like my university was like from the 1500s, it was an old monastery. In Milan, they have Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting. And in Rome, in St. Peter's Basilica, you know they the, they have the uh, the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo painted. But in the, in Milan, the main church downtown it is this incredible cathedral called the Duomo, which is a popular name for church. And it took over 500 years to build. And one of the things that I found was so interesting in Europe was how they build things to last. Nothing, nothing over there. And I'll speak maybe for Italy as opposed to Europe. Nothing in Italy is built just to be replaced right away, which is the opposite of kind of our culture here in North America. When I came back, I remembered one of the most striking things that I forgot was just how everything in, in Canada and in the United States is built for efficiency. I've got boxes made with drywall and, and wood and, and a roof and yeah, that'll that'll do. It's cheap, bang it out, do the next one. Whereas when you contrast that with, with Milan and in Italy, they're building things with marble and stone and brick, and they last forever. Like, I was experiencing things that were thousands of years old at some points. And it kind of it kind of made me feel cheap coming back here in North America. The easiest example is your local fast food joint. Like, every five years, I swear it's a part of their budget, they redesign the store to make it modern and, and chic and new and... And it just kind of feels like, do we really need to redesign this stuff every year? Like whatever happened to timeless design, whatever happened with building things that are legendary and iconic? I feel like we kind of get away from that. What do you think? And last but not least, I want to talk about the curse of busyness. How many times... Over the past month, when you've met someone that you don't normally hang out with, but your friends are good acquaintances with them, and you inevitably ask them, hey, how or how have things been? Right? Because you, 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 you say, good to see you. How are you? And then, how have things been? Something along those lines. And inevitably, they always say, busy. Yeah, th- things are really busy. And this, this kills me. And full is like, I'm guilty of this to the nines. It's my go-to. I have like, this habit of saying, yeah, things are really busy, right? Because I mean, they are. In our life, everything is busy. Like all of our schedules are full. And even if they're not full of doing things, they're full of not doing things. They're full of the leisure activities like watching Netflix for 12 hours because the new House of Cards came out. But why is it that we always default to busy? I don't want my gravestone to read, he was busy, right? No one wants to be remembered as the person who was too busy to give you a real honest answer. So this is my challenge to myself and anyone else listening to this today. That we will forego telling people when they ask us what's new in our life, that things are busy. Or that when they ask us, hey, how are things? Well, things are really busy that will take the time to give them a real answer. Something that is actually new. Hey, I, I went and, well, I mean, we all have the life, the life changes, right? It's my birthday, it's my anniversary, I had a new kid, whatever it ends up being. But something that, something that's just simple and honest. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm reading this new book and it's showing me this. Oh, well, that's, that's new. Or I hired this new person and they're teaching me this sort of stuff. It could be anything. I don't need to give you examples. But let's just let's just try to use the word busy as kind of a curse word and see where that gets us that's it for today's show i know you're thinking oh greg done so soon well yeah like it's almost one in the morning and i'm sitting underneath this beautiful moonlight on a starlit sky talking to you Now, if you're new to what I'm trying to do here, it's the the challenge of 100 Days of Anchor, where I challenge myself until October 4th, which will be the 100th day, to anchor and tell stories and and, and capture things for 100 days straight to improve my wit, my storytelling, my enunciation, which struggles tonight after one o'clock hits. And I think it's working. I think it's working. And feel free to call in if you have, hey, Greg, you should work on this, or maybe you use and as a filler word, or you don't enunciate enough. I it's all fun for me or calling and talk about the things that I talk about I love to hear from you I love to use your own segments as well I'm going to change from calling it 100 days of anchor to this and that because that's the name of my podcast and I think it makes more sense it's also less things to write down so we'll do that and as always one of my favorite songs to finish off the show if you listen to this at night good night in the morning good morning and in case I don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night